When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there. It's time for Most Things Kenobi. I prefer all things Kenobi, but I suppose that's not the Jedi way. As long as it's not all things Anakin. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Lauren. And I'm your host, Leanne. And this week we're doing part two of our Obi-Wan and Maul episodes. I'm stoked. (laughs) The fire (laughs) continues in the dumpster. Yay! (laughs) It's burning bright. It's burning br- May the dumpster fire light the way for your Jedi future. <laughs> Illuminate your path with garbage fire. <laughs> we are essentially talking about the finale of these two. Yes. Where, where did we pick up in the Clone Wars? We're starting with the lawless, are we not? Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. And going all the way through the culmination that occurs in Rebels. Yes. And there's a lot in this. There, There is a lot, and it is all sad. It's all sad. It's all really, there's some creepy shit, too. Like the Satine Shrine we got to talk about. Oh, dude, and I, like, found some stuff out about that. Like, which probably anybody could have found out, but I felt really proud <laughs> of myself for figuring it out. <laughs> well, I, I have thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts on that Satine Shrine. Yeah, it... <laughs> Okay, we'll get there. I want to, like, jump right into it. We got to pace ourselves because these two (laughs) have a sordid history that we have to comb through here. Yeah, so our last episode uh, covered Phantom Menace all the way through Revival, where Maul comes back and Obi-Wan and he have a confrontation. So now moving forward, we're going to go from the lawless basically all the way through Rebels and just kind of discuss their twisted, sordid relationship. Yeah, Um, I mean... Ugh. <laughs> I mentioned it in episode one. Well, okay, part one, I should say. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mentioned it 80-some episodes ago. Um, I know it's our 81st, 82nd. What is it? 82nd. Episode? It's our 82nd episode. WTF. <laughs> We're going to make it to 100, aren't oh, we? Oh, hell yes, we are. Yeah. At least. At least. Yeah. Oh and we God. haven't missed a single week. No. I don't I, know how... With We've done it. My God, with all the shit that goes on in our personal lives. Oh, (laughs) we have stayed committed, folks. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's because this is like one of the bright spots in our universe. So it really is. It really is. Thanks to a lot of you listening. Honestly. Truly. Yes. Oh, my gosh. 100% true. (laughs) Oh, by the way, this is an episode that will come up, come out prior to the Christmas holiday and New Year's, whatever, um, if you celebrate. If you don't, that's cool. Or if you celebrated other holidays, there's other holidays going on. We just, 
love you all and wish you all a season's greetings. (laughs) Yes, season's greetings. Happy holidays. We are sending our patrons a little something, something, something in the mail Mm -hmm. at the start of the new year. So consider supporting the podcast and you'll get free stuff. Yay. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Little things in the mail. Little things. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, we got Maul. We got Obi-Wan. We got drama. Let's talk Mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. So the lawless rips your heart right out of your chest and then throws it into a fire and makes you watch your entrails smoldering. I'm just saying. (laughs) It was very descriptive. (laughs) I just want to note that Lauren is wearing a red and black top, which is extremely appropriate for (laughs) any conversation that involves Maul. (laughs) And I drank red wine very close before recording, so I'm definitely uh, ready for Dathomirian conversation. Well, maybe it'll help the lawless be digested slightly better than <laughs> it usually, usually is. I mean, what is there to say about the lawless? Maul is at his peak. Uh, yeah. He's at his peak for anger. He's at his peak for ruthlessness. His revenge is on full display. Mm-hmm. He's so giddy about killing somebody yeah. who means something to Obi-Wan, and it's crazy. He's fucking nuts. <laughs> he's loving every minute of it, and he feels oh, like yeah. he's so in control until the very end, where he starts to like get very panicked when Palpatine arrives. But yes, I, I love to watch um, Maul think he's got one finally on Obi-Wan and it just mm-hmm. doesn't work. I mean, yeah. it it's a little more effective. It definitely hurt Obi-Wan, but Obi-Wan is so fucking amazing that he still doesn't give Maul what he's after. Yeah. And never Which, does. That's why he's great. <laughs> it's so cool too, because at the same time, while he's being super true to his, his ideals, a lot of the cinematography shows him going from right to left which is an indication of going against the status Mm. quo so Mm. he's breaking his because a lot of times obi-wan is very centered in the frame in the actual cinematography and he's often facing to the right and in a lot of this episode he's facing left or moving left a lot of times and there's even that moment where sistine hugs him and she pushes him from left Back to the right to like oh, re-establish him in his, you know, the the positive moving in the right direction. And a, a lot of that comes from like in, in college, they kind of taught us that in our Western culture, we read from left to right. We're on the right Correct. side of the street. Yeah. It's like it's programmed into our brain that going with the flow with the traffic is on the right and going against traffic, you're moving against it on the left. So it's kind of this interesting choice in cinematography to show that Obi-Wan's gone rogue a bit in this episode. I didn't know any of that. I'm sitting here <laughs> amazed by all of it. <laughs> well, he there's even a moment where when he's seeing the call from Satine mm-hmm. and Yoda's facing right, Kiari Mundi is facing right, Obi-Wan is facing left. He's going mm. the opposite direction from mm-hmm. the other Jedi and it's, he literally turns from right to left as he's making the decision to go after Satine, even though yeah. he's been told not to. 
Yeah, you're right. So it's it's really deliberately showing that he's doing that. But the thing I think is so cool is he's going against all of that. But in this episode, he is more a Jedi yes. than ever mm-hmm. before. Yeah. I mean, it really solidifies it at a pretty hefty cost. Mm-hmm. But if there was ever a doubt that Obi-Wan was a good man, it, it, you know, it's erased by his display of control in this. Mm-hmm. And it's funny to look at the differences of control. Maul's is so superficial and fake. Mm-hmm. You know, he's risen to the throne in, in Mandalore. Um, it's fake control over something he never earned. And he's appearing in control of Obi-Wan's fate by doing what he does to Satine. And that's fake because Obi-Wan doesn't give it to him. And meanwhile, Obi-Wan is the real version of control. He's emotionally under control for as devastating as the situation is. He's in control of his actions. He he goes right into battle after all of this, l- mm-hmm. lest we forget that he just right. has to shelve it and move on rather fucking quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's a real, it's a contrast between the two very deep control centered sure of himself on Obi-Wan's side. And then this like almost, I don't know, flamboyant display of control that is so surface level with Maul. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really interesting because there's that moment, right, where he has the pretty famous line about how you should have chosen the dark side. He says that yeah. to, to Obi-Wan. And your emotions betray you. And Obi-Wan's response is, you can kill me, but you can never destroy me. Right. And I love that. I do, too. Because it's like, death is not a punishment to him. No. Which is... Sick, because Maul never intended to kill him. He's actually going to kill the person he loves. And Obi-Wan's kind of, like, not caught on to that quite yet. But (laughs) it's a little hard to accept, even in the moment. Yeah, for sure. And he says, it takes strength to resist the dark side. Only the weak embrace it. Yeah. Those who oppose it are more powerful than you'll ever be. And I just love that moment so much. (laughs) It hurts a little because... God damn it, Anakin. Um, <laughs> just come on. Um, but it's it's literally what he's saying in that moment is essentially what Luke displays in Return of the Jedi. It's so good. It's mm-hmm. Obi-Wan was the perfect mentor for him, I think. You know, for, yeah. for as little as they had together, it really left an imprint um, on him. But it's the old thing of... You know, a king or an emperor or some kind of tyrant can take away your land, can take away your family, can take away, can destroy everything around you, but they can't take away your thoughts and your inner strength or anything that makes you you. You know what I mean? They can try, but it's up Mm -hmm. to the self to not let that be destroyed. That's where they don't have control. And that's essentially what we're seeing with Maul and Obi-Wan. And I fucking love it. It's so good. Yeah, I love it too. And the, I, I wrote to you when I was writing notes for this, like, I don't know, what was it, two weeks ago even, when yeah. we were first talking about doing this episode. And I, like, made myself cry a little bit oh. because I was <laughs> I was thinking about it. And what I said in the, the last episode 
I think if Obi-Wan had fought Maul and Savage, he would have actually won this time. Yeah, I yeah, yes. And this is the first time he chooses not to fight, and it's because Satine is literally being choked to death and says, don't listen to him. Like, she would rather die than watch the man she loves give up who he is to save her. That's why Ah! they're so good. (laughs) (laughs) It's so sad. It's... uh, I mean, that's... (laughs) That's honor for both of them on a, like it a is. level that is very rare in our real lives. You know, yeah. I I think I even texted you. I'd be like, "No, save me, bitch! Like, don't let me die." <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have worked. I I I think this was the best outcome. Even as terrible as it is, it had to happen this way. There's there's things that have to happen. Yeah. In order for an outcome to play out as terrible as that is. I mean, we see it time and time again. In literature, especially. In the great yeah. stories of our time. For you know, sure. It has to, the loss has to happen in order for things to play out for the better. I mean, nothing comes at no cost. Right. And imagine, at least, as heartbreaking as it is that Obi-Wan loses Satine... Maul would have succeeded if Obi-Wan had lost himself. Yeah. And even though he lost a woman he loved, Maul still was ultimately unsuccessful because Obi-Wan remained true to his own ideals. Like, you could say it was the Jedi, and maybe he was just, like, holding on to his Jedi ideals, but ultimately it's just, like, who he is as a man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I just... Yeah, I find it very heartbreaking, but it's also the kind of thing where you don't really meet people like that in real life that often. It's a really no. special thing. So I think it's pretty cool that they didn't give the audience the short-term satisfaction. I don't know. Ultimately, it's probably more powerful in the long run. Well, we, we end up seeing it. He never loses himself, Obi-Wan, and it brings us to Rebels, you know, um, a lot goes on between the lawless and rebels. A yeah. lot. A lot. Maul is chilling, being creepy. <laughs> uh, Hanging out in the death, or uh, what is it, the moribund, like, basement? <laughs> yeah, he's just hanging out with crime syndicates and being seedy and living his best life as Maul. Still hooked on Obi-Wan. Still still looking for that Obi-Wan hit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you even know? what he what he does in season seven, that whole elaborate plan on yes. Mandalore was to yes. trap Obi-Wan again. Was to get him back. Yes. And they sent Ahsoka and he was so pissed. <laughs> I do love how he calls her Lady Tano, though. That is so great. <laughs> right? Who else does that? I love it. I think it's great. It's I kind of too. a... It's like a backhanded form of respect. I think he does respect her. Yeah, I think so. I mean, their duel is fabulous. Yeah. So good. From a cinematic point of view, from a just action, awesome to watch, from a character development, from the the words they speak to each other. We could go on for days on season seven and yes. Ahsoka and Maul's, you know, reunion, but... When the whole thing with Anakin is revealed and, you know, they zoom in on Ahsoka's eyes and 
you know, all this stuff and that whole thing. But then he gets taken away and what, what, what did they put him in? It's like one of those weird boxes that have oh, like. The, the Jedi vault. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I don't like that at all. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> it's so fucked up. It's so reminiscent, too, of certain, like, medieval torture devices. That's, like, the things that had spikes that went inward? Yes, yeah, exactly. I, I, the, ooh, like, sarcophagus. The, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I hate the all of it. First thing I thought of when I saw it. So fucked up. Let's talk about the Satine Shrine, please. Oh, because yes, please. Maul is a straight-up serial killer. He has serial killer tendencies. <laughs> yes. And this, this fucking shrine shows it. Yeah. It's, dark. you know how, you know how some serial killers take mementos? Mm-hmm. That's what Maul's shrine is to me. Yeah, it, it has that feel. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the glimpse that we see in Rebels of like the Satine what is it, stained glass or art piece or something from Mandalore? The, yeah, it's like palace. art. It looks like it was painted by Picasso. <laughs> yes, and he's got like odds and ends, the dark saber, some some pieces of other things he's collected over time. But the picture or the art of Satine has a scratch across her neck and a scratch across her eyes. Yes, that is very interesting to me. Yes, very it's- fucking creepy <laughs> i feel like we've seen it in movies you know where you see a serial oh, yeah. killer with the picture of the eyes scratched out especially yeah and the eyes have always been an indication of death right there even in like the book something wicked this way comes one of the witches oh, yeah. has yeah, her yeah, yeah. eyes sewn shut in a cross which is an indication oh, yeah. of death so it's interesting to me because he he already killed her like she's yeah. already dead and he's still it's kind of like inflicting violence on the image of her still. Yeah. What he's doing is taking away her life in the eyes and taking away her voice in the neck. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that's essentially what he did. He silenced her and he got rid of her. And why does he hate her so much? Is it because she, well, first of all, she was a pacifist, so she stood basically against everything that he believed in and mm-hmm. the Sith code for that matter. And, I mean, pieces of lie, bitch. <laughs> Literally, Maul <laughs> is probably scratching out her eyes saying, pieces of lie, pieces of lie, pieces of lie. <laughs> but at the same time, she was also, like, the biggest connection to Obi-Wan and the fact that he fucking failed, even trying to kill her. Yeah. So, how I see it, okay, in the background, when Maul first leads Ezra into this back room in his, yeah. uh, in the death of your room castle yeah the word on the wall written in blood red is kenobi yeah in mandalorian yeah it's the mandalorian alphabet and it says kenobi and there's all these like they look like they're written in blood like maps and manifestos whatever the fuck you want to say like all around the name so it's almost like the violence he enacts on the portrait is like he kills Satine again yeah. to hurt Obi-Wan even though he's not even there. It's like it's like he's acting it out again even just by himself because he can't do it. He cannot punish Obi-Wan enough in person. You know, like he didn't make Obi-Wan crack. He wasn't successful. Right. So he just keeps replaying the scenario. I just, 
Ah, it's so good and so fucking creepy. Did you also notice that Satine's theme plays when they show the portrait? Yeah. Like, goddamn. <laughs> they just keep layering it on. It's so twisted and menacing. And then they throw in her theme, too. I... Yeah. It's it's a little nugget that they added in Rebels that they didn't need to, but it adds to the absolute insanity and obsession that Maul yeah. has. Yeah, because he's been doing all this crazy shit with Ezra, and it's been dragging out over seasons, It right? It right? wasn't even like back-to-back episodes. They were like sprinkled throughout the season for a couple of seasons. And if Ezra had even fucking picked up on any of this, he would have like... <laughs> Hello, knock knock. Is anyone right. there? <laughs> I know. I know he's a. I know he's a fucking kid. But like, come on. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. Look around. Even... Read the room, Ezra. Literally, it's on the wall. Like, Jesus you Christ. happened upon a mysterious stranger on Moraban. Like, don't trust them. <laughs> no. No. Pretty straightforward, I would say. Um, <sighs> I have thoughts. <laughs> I mean, he's going to these insane extents, right? To trick Ezra because it's probably kind of entertaining and to especially oh, sure. get get the better of Kanan, not because he has anything personal against Kanan, but because it's probably yeah. fun to fuck with yeah. Kanan. Oh, yeah. And, if he can fuck with a Jedi, he's going to do it. Yeah. And he's he's saying to Ezra for episodes, right? That Like, we have the same goal in mind. Like, we're going to... I hate the Sith also. I have my reasons for wanting revenge on the Sith. He's doing all this fucking shit so he can get the two holocrons so he can find out where Obi-Wan is living. Yeah, I mean, it's it's peak <laughs> obsession. I, I don't even have another word for it. It's just... It is on another level. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I make so many noises. And I don't have anything to say. It's just a, a noise fest. I the I, the the reason these two deserve two episodes worth of discussion is because of the insane length that you just described that Maul goes through for one person. Yeah. It is the hyper focus that Palpatine has for the entire galaxy boiled into one person it's like yeah and, and we'll get to palpatine's connection in all of this because he's the reason that obi-wan and maul are similar he's mm-hmm. their link in similarity yeah because he actually was manipulating both of them yeah yeah on separate ends yeah again he's palpatine is in the back room his own back room with his own shrine <laughs> Yes, seriously. connecting dots and wires and strings to all the different ways that he can manipulate everyone and keep his story straight. It's fucking crazy. When I uh, was rewatching the episode with the shrine, I was thinking about how you're saying the "It's Always Sunny" reference with the like map with all the. I was like, this is literally what Maul is doing. In literally, here. with one person, he's it's the insane. he's the serial killer that has like news clippings of yeah, like. Obi-Wan is like the FBI agent who knows him so well that the, right. the serial killer's right. fixated on him. Yeah. No one else can <laughs> apprehend this serial killer except the man who knows him best. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really good... If you were to change this all and make it real life, like alternate universe stuff, mm-hmm. this would be a really good crime 
story. It, it would. You could just repurpose the plot into like a modern day crime. It would be amazing. Honestly. I would read that. <laughs> Maybe I'll write it. I'm sitting here considering it. Like, <laughs> Do it. Oh my gosh, you should. I love like FBI crime murder mystery shit. So yeah, I know an odd amount about serial killers. <laughs> I think that's just like a thing. Have you seen that Saturday night live? Um, Oh, I have. Yeah. The commercial about how women like their husbands are, they're out for the night and women, they're like, what are you going to do? Oh, just going to hang out. And like, what they're really doing is drinking wine and watching wine. murder porn. Yes. That's me. <laughs> that's, that's me. <gasps> I just yeah. like how the mind works. That's why Maul is so interesting to me because he has the mind of someone. Yeah. That is on par with some of the most notorious killers in our history. He's, yeah. You know, he's got that sinister, really smart, really um, covers his tracks, knows his, yeah. his subject, knows he's how very, to. very, very charming. Yeah, he's got that sociopathic. Mm-hmm. You know, can bend anyone to get what he needs to make this happen, except except Obi Wan. Yeah, I loved how he talked to Kanan. Right, right though. So interesting because at moments you just don't know if you should trust him, and it's more I know like, more than ever in Rebels, like especially when um, Ezra has the holocron. Yeah, and Maul says, "Jump, trust me." And Ezra jumps, and Maul catches the holocron, and not Ezra, and he's pulling him yep. up by the holocron, and you're like, is he going to kill that kid? And they give him, like, a look in his eye for a minute, and then he changes his mind and saves the boy as well. It's just, the I, reason he saves the boy is because he can still use him. Exactly. It's not out of pity. Still useful, exactly. All the way up through... Okay, so let me ask you this. Speaking of Ezra and his usefulness... Mm. How do you feel about Ezra being in the Twin Sons episode? I don't like it. I don't think he has any reason to be there. I don't. Yeah. He should have been discarded out of the story prior to this. This doesn't have anything to do with him. He was a means to an end for Maul, but he didn't need to meet Obi-Wan. Yeah. He was there and then he wasn't. Obi-Wan sent him on his way. And I I, I don't see the the, the walking through the desert and passing out and he he awakes with Obi-Wan. It's just like... It's so unnecessary. It feels really forced. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't. Maybe they were trying to uh, bridge the gap, but I don't think it was necessary. They could have. They were using Ezra as like a means to manipulate Obi-Wan's compassion. Yeah. Maul could have used anybody to do that. He could have used anyone. Literally. Yeah. And the, and the Tusken Raiders was... and all, yeah. the, all the stuff. I, it's just. Yeah. And then Ezra goes back to the rebel base and says, I shouldn't have left. This is my home. This is my family. It's like, yeah, because this was an unnecessary plot divergence that went nowhere. Yeah, see, we're not we're not afraid to criticize Dave Filoni and yeah. team. Yeah, I'm, I know Rebels is very, very popular and we probably oh, don't yeah. have the popular opinion on this, but I never liked this story. The Twin Sons episode... I don't like it, except the part between Maul and Obi-Wan and seeing how different they both are at this point. I loved 
a famous Kenobi scream. Yes, well, uh, that that lives in infamy. Thank you, right. uh, Sam Witwer, forever for doing that. <laughs> I know, like, every vein in his neck every popping vein. out. <laughs> if that thing has been used and reused, and I will always approve of it, anytime anyone has something to say about Kenobi, that that <laughs> gif is used. <laughs> Kenobi! <laughs> it's so good. Oh, my God. Maybe I'll but, add the soundbite in here. Just oh my, kicks. Do it. <laughs> it's so short I can use it. <laughs> it's so epic. Kenobi! So t- twin sons. I, I, we've discussed the duel before. And mm-hmm. it is... A lot of people had thoughts that, oh, that's it? No, that was yeah. it. It was yeah. well done, in my opinion. Especially if you've watched them through their entire cycle yes. and you see the epic fucking crazy long duel in Phantom Menace that goes on for yeah. 45 minutes. And then the duels that they have in Clone Wars are yes longer. If you're an intelligent swordsman, you're learning from each encounter. Correct. So by the time Obi-Wan is in the desert... The Kenobi series has already happened by Twin mm-hmm. Sons. Mm-hmm. He's already fought Vader. Right. So if he has that strength, which I know didn't exist when they wrote Rebels, but let's but look still. at it with the full full perspective, right? Yeah. Maul is nothing compared mm-hmm. to what he's already dealt with. And he's seen it before. Maul is so predictable. Yep. He's been down this path a thousand times at this point with this individual. And mm-hmm. it's it's nothing to Obi-Wan. You said it. Yeah. It's just Molly's nothing. Three strikes and he's down. That's it. Right. And real sword play, sword play, but like swordsmanship, it's not about having a long extended duel. Mm-mm. Real swordsmanship is quick. Yeah. Get it over with. Look at Don't the samurai. Right. They have a series of cuts where it's like the first is the blade comes out. The second is the blade either severs the neck or the inside of your thigh. Yep. And then they kill you. It's a three-step yeah. process. Yeah. So it's about efficiency and, and Obi-Wan has something to protect that is more important that than is anything true. before. And Maul knows it, and Maul says it. And I do yeah. like that moment where they just, time is up, Maul's only got a few things to say, and he chooses to ask the question, are you here to protect the Chosen One, or whatever his phrasing is. And yeah. Obi-Wan's like, yeah. And it, it makes it clear at that point. You can take absolutely anyone at this point away from Obi-Wan, but you won't take that child. No. Yeah. He's the hope. The hope yeah, of the he is. future. And and Maul says so. At least he'll avenge both of us. Because fucking Palpatine is the reason these two motherfuckers came together in the first place. And why all this manipulation, all this loss, all this revenge building up on Maul's part. You know, his abandonment and his he, being used. And then even Savage being used and discarded. And, and all of this. It's Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And Luke's going to take care of it. Luke and Leia. Yeah. But, you know... It, this point yeah as it really is a beautiful culmination because 
Maul is peaceful at this point. He needed Obi-Wan to kill him to relieve him of this fucking suffering. Yeah. Yes. And this was the only way it had to happen. And for Obi-Wan to have that compassion at the end as well. For a man who took his mentor, his love, his whole, like, (laughs) life and turned it on its head. For him to still be able to find compassion. And maybe he wouldn't have gotten there if he hadn't have had the experience that happened in the Kenobi series. Oh, very true. Very true. That changed his perspective on everything. Yeah. And when you tie all all of Obi-Wan's stories together, they actually fit very nicely. You know, they really are complementary, even though they were written way out of order. Right. And I think they've yeah. done a nice job of putting everything in in a perspective that makes sense for him for the most part. I do want to say that Obi-Wan's compassion that is displayed at the end there, the way he cradles him, the way he closes his eyes, he builds him a pyre. It's this whole thing. And there's this weird understanding that I think Obi-Wan came to find that there's pity. He actually had pity, Mm -hmm. I think, for Maul because you look at someone and the amount of hate they harbor, they're not happy. Yeah. He saw Anakin literally take the form of Darth Vader and how, what anger and hate did to him. Literally changed his best friend, his brother, into something unrecognizable. Not just in vi- like visually, but like emotionally. Totally changed individual. And he sees what hate can do. And that you would pity anyone that has that much hate in their yeah. in their heart. Was it That's by a... choice? Was it by upbringing? You could argue any of this, but they, you always choose in the end how to act. But the the amount of hate that one harbors, it's just it's unnatural. And I think Obi Wan knew it, and the pity he had. You know, this was a lost soul. From start to finish, despite all the things that he took from Obi-Wan, he found it in his heart to be like, you know what, this per- this this individual, this had all of this hate and lost his life for it. Like, mm-hmm. literally lost his life. He could have turned it around. Yeah. And he already watched Anakin lose his life to this hate. Yeah, I would have compassion too, because who the fuck would want that for anybody? Yeah. That's a really beautiful perspective to draw, honestly. It's such a it's such an interesting cycle and it's a full complete cycle. And I do feel sorry for Maul. You know, it's potential wasted. Total waste. Yeah. And I feel bad for anyone who's just discarded. Yeah. What they do after that is on them. That's their choice. But we've seen Ventress discarded. We've seen Ahsoka discarded. Yeah. You know, in a way. And anyone who's ever had that happen, that fucking cuts deep, right? Yeah. And, man, I I feel bad for Maul, but every choice he made after being discarded was on him. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because at that point, he was free yeah. of Sidious's manipulation and those yeah, were the he choices he was making. He lived in anger to sustain himself. That was his... He could have just, you know, died. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, like, I mean, Star Wars would not have that, but no, you know what not I mean. allowed. And I would like to ask Maul as he's in Obi Wan's arms. I would like to have asked him, Maul, is peace li- a lie? Because you finally found it. Yeah, I hope so. Like you hope that even in that last moment, he does seem to find Calm. some sort of resolution. I hope so, because every living being deserves that. Imagine, you know, you burn your whole life and have nothing, and then you go into death with nothing, and that's really... I'm sorry, did I... you say burn your life to see a sunrise you'll never... <laughs> to For a sunrise you'll never see? <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm just stealing Andor quotes from the, <laughs> for oh, the rest no. of my life now. That yeah. shit's burned into my memory, so that's not going anywhere. Same. God damn it, is it good... We love you, Star Wars, even if you are painful. <laughs> Rest in peace, Maul. Bye. <laughs> Kenobi! Our listener question this week is, how would you rate the Twin Sons episode? And the duel specifically between Obi-Wan and Maul. Did you yes. love it? Did it leave you wanting more? Was it perfect? How how do you rate this episode? And we'll be running social media polls to follow this up with. So yes. let us know. Okay, next week, we are getting back into analyzing Clone Wars episodes, and we're going to keep the twisted going with the <laughs> Cadavo arc. <laughs> we are going to deep dive into this one because it's good and we've talked about it before but we're gonna get real deep into these episodes and we're gonna do them in installments so join us back here we're going to Cadavo last week we talked about the Obi-Wan and Maul in the earlier part of their lives so Mm -hmm. what was it Phantom Menace through Revival and one of our listeners uh Kenobi Wolf sent us this comment. Hi, Kenobi Wolf. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> he said, I think they both have a relentless passion or a relentless determination. It's applied mm. very differently. Kenobi is selfless and he applies that to helping others and all the pain he absorbs. He has his moments, but he doesn't get off course. Whereas Maul, I think the same is true for Maul after he comes back from the trash pile. He's relentless, and he sticks with it, but he causes pain, whereas Obi-Wan absorbs the pain. Yes, that's excellent. Kenobi Wolf, you always have really good insight, really good comments, and that that yeah. does not disappoint this one. No, he's, he's correct. Obi-Wan absorbs it and makes himself better because of it. Yeah, and, and Maul shows how being too single-minded actually kind of destroys you. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent comment. Yeah. I thought that was a great insight. Thank you so much for uh, such a, a, an awesome comment as usual. As <laughs> usual. <Kenobi> yes. Wolf. <laughs> as per usual. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Most Things Kenobi podcast. We appreciate every single one of our patrons and are grateful for your support. If you would like to support the podcast and become a patron as well, head over to the Most Things Kenobi Patreon. And as always, you can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. If you enjoy the podcast, feel free to rate us on Spotify and Apple. That definitely helps as well. 
And if you need one place to find all of these things, head over to mostthingskenobi.com. So until next time, my space twin, may the force be with you. Always. <laughs>